You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Bridget and Scott, the Bruins fell to the Montreal Canadiens last night in Montreal. Let's waste no time and get right to our opening shifts. Well, they lost, so the sky's falling. Uh, obviously, Bostonians, fans, and analysts alike looking for for negatives. And I thought, seems like the Heat kind of got turned up on two players in particular who offensively, stat-wise, are way off from where they were last year, and that's Jake DeBrusque and Hampus Lindholm. Uh, I wrote about them for WEI.com for a column on Sunday. Um, trying to dive into, you know, how they're doing and how much of this is bad play versus bad luck versus situational changes. So we can get into some of that and, you know, definitely interested in what you guys think of their play. But, uh, you know, it's, it is interesting, though, how, like, they lose and people immediately want to kind of point the fingers at those two because they're the ones who, whose numbers are down even though in my opinion, they were doing things to help the Bruins win games, even though they weren't scoring points. So lots, lots to get into with those two. Yes. And Scott, is that what you got into on Twitter? I missed your Twitter rant. So. I mean, I, I just tweeted my opinion on Jake DeBrus, which is that, which, which we'll get into, but yeah, there, <laughs> there there's a certain other reporter who, Clearly just teaser. Go check out Scott's uh, Twitter feed. <laughs> the Scott drama. As as, as Wes McCauley would say, Scott McLaughlin got five minutes for fighting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we'll On Twitter. Back. We'll get back around to Scott's Twitter fight about Jake DeBrusque and Hampus Lindholm. Um, my opening shift is has to do with the defensive pairing of uh, McAvoy and Lorai because we hadn't seen them uh, together yet. McAvoy coming back for the first game after being suspended. Um, and just first thoughts on the Lorai McAvoy pairing. I, it's not as smooth a pairing as McAvoy with Grizzly, but obviously Grizzly's still out for a while. So you have to throw someone there. You, you want to keep Carlo and Lynn home together. Um, no Shattenkirk in today's game either. So Forbert Mitchell, the bottom pairing. And though I didn't think it was, the the smoothest looking pair yet I think that there's a lot that they could um do together if they get on the same page McAvoy I thought had some really moments where he offensively was showing off his skill set Lori just needs to figure out a way to play with him a little bit better I I didn't think they were a bad pair it was our first look at them so I want to get you guys opinion about it after Brian gives his opening shift yeah, we will definitely do that. For me, obviously, we touched on it a little bit at the end of last episode. We couldn't really think of uh, any Bruins who were down, so I kind of just 
I don't know, I reached into my back pocket and was like, you know what? The Montreal Canadiens are down. Um, and the Bruins rivalry with them is down. And um, yeah, I kind of did a little bit of a deep dive, not not a Scott McLaughlin deep dive, but like a little Brian deep dive. I wasn't the deep end. I was just, you know, on the steps in the shallow end. But um, I saw that in their last 20 games, the Bruins were 17, two and one versus Montreal dating back to February of 17, outscoring them 76 to 38 in the process. So obviously two to one. And so it's just been a time where the Bruins have been up. Montreal has been down and, and you've, you felt it combine that with COVID pandemic in the middle, different, division alignments here and there and it, it just hasn't felt like they've had obviously the the rivalry that we all know and love so I think that obviously I think last night was a good step in the right direction again um there were some there was some questionable officiating um the the Montreal crowd was olaying again for the first time against Boston in what felt like 10 years so and obviously Montreal gets the win in overtime so um yeah we'll dive into where we think the temperature check is on this on this this rivalry. Yeah, I mean, if we want to start there, like clearly there was a little bit of juice and things kind of reached a boiling point when uh you know Gallagher kind of went in hard on Swayman and Swayman goes back at Gallagher and tries ripping his helmet off. Gallagher does rip Swayman's helmet off. Um Swayman stands up and like throws his arms out looking down at Sam Montembeau at the other end of the ice. Like, Hey, like if you want to go come down here or whatever, but uh, obviously it didn't, nothing boiled over too, too much. Like there weren't, it wasn't like a line brawl or anything like that, but yeah, there did seem to be a, a little juice there. And for, you know, first matchup of the season that that's encouraging, gives you some reason to hope that uh, future meetings this season will, will, be a little testy and and that's a good thing and we talked about how you know Montreal is you know I still don't think they're ready like to be a playoff team again but they're clearly finally like on an upward trajectory and working their way back where for a few years um you know they've really just been down and it's been hard to see like how they get back other than what, what's crazy about like this time from your time about Brian is that the Canadians did make a run to the Stanley Cup final in the middle of all that. Um, that it was is just true. The year that they, it was just the year that they didn't play the Bruins at all because of the COVID, uh, you know, reshuffling of all the divisions and all that stuff. So it's like, in, in terms of the rivalry, it's like that year didn't even happen or mean anything at all. So, um, but yeah, good, good start. This. I mean, if there's a goalie fight, then the rivalry is officially renewed like if if that ended up with Swayman fighting Montembeau then that you could have just called it yep it's back uh and Swayman Swayman seemed to want it Swayman I think Swayman wants to have like all of the goalie experiences like a bucket list for his NHL career like he wants to have a goal like uh Allmark did last year he wants to have a goalie fight <laughs> he wants, there's a few things that he's got on there and he was like saw his opportunities like maybe today's the day guys <laughs> um but I will say please wait till me and Scott are there uh we didn't make the trip to Montreal this time maybe we'll make it in March um just wait till we're there okay I, I did think that that was and that was kind of late in the third period there was also another scrum a little bit after that in front of the Montreal net that had a lot of juice to it there was some Montreal players laying massive checks Mason Lori took a huge check by uh, Pizzetta and it was kind of one of those things where it was like 
okay, in the NHL, you can't just watch your pass. Like you have to turn and look and expect in the corner someone's coming in, especially someone like Pizzetta coming in hard on you like that. So he kind of learned a lesson there. There was a lot of physicality, but I I do think that Montreal won that battle. I, I didn't see the Bruins playing as physical as the Canadians. So they had a little bit of an edge there, I thought. And usually you would expect the Bruins to have that edge over the past few years they have. Yeah, I think I, I would say you're right, Bridget, but also I wouldn't say the Bruins have been an overly physical team the last handful of years. I'm not saying they're any less physical than most teams, um, but maybe it's the way the league's changing. I don't know, but the, the big bad Bruins aren't really – who we watch anymore hasn't been for a while. I more meant just I more just meant in that rivalry, like in that specific matchup between Bruins and Canadians. Um, the Bruins kind of, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. Specifically to that rivalry, you're absolutely yeah. right. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, I mean, I think Montreal has some boys that like to throw the weight around. You have Jack Eye and um, Pizzetta, like you mentioned. Gallagher gets in there. Um, yeah, and and obviously the Bruins have been without Milan Lucic, who is, you know, he's their muscle and he's their tone setter physically, and I think he would have thrived in a game like that, and um, maybe he'll be in the lineup. I think they play Montreal again next week or the week after, right? Maybe maybe um, he can help Bruins in that department um, this year. Obviously, going forward, I think Montreal has some 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 players locked up longer term than the Bruins do with Lucic. So obviously that the Bruins have Frederick, but um, yeah, it seems like it's a pretty pretty balanced uh, rivalry as it, as it pertains to to size and physicality. And and maybe Montreal does have the edge right now, which is inter- interesting to say. Yeah, it's the yeah. next six days from now. I think that November eighteenth at Boston. Yeah, yeah Saturday. Um, yeah, yeah I, I would throw Slavkovsky in there as another guy who especially Saturday had a pretty physical game. Um, you know, obviously he's a bigger player and sort of had a little bit of like that power forward um, trajectory when he was drafted number one overall. And, um, you know, I, I'm not going to pretend I've watched like a ton of him the last year or so, but you do kind of wonder like with a, someone who's like a number one pick, does he, how does he use that size? And, at least in this game, I thought he was pretty physical. So he's obviously someone who's who's going to be there a long time. Yeah, Brian, you're right that like Lucic is someone on the Bruins side who could really ramp it up and get involved, and he'd be another player who would be getting booed in Montreal, like like Marchand was. You know, guys who actually do have a connection to the last time this rivalry was really heated. Um, I also thought you know maybe you had a couple guys on the Bruins who because of specific situations might not have been as physical as usual. Like McAvoy first game back from suspension. You you figure he's going to play things a little cautious and not, not get himself worked up too much and risk like stepping up to the line or crossing it again. Jacob Lauko, we know he can be physical, but it's his first game back and he's wearing a full cage, like beyond just, maybe him feeling things out in his first game back guys wearing full cages also don't really mix things up because obviously you can't fight. And Loco normally is someone who will stand up for himself and fight his own fights, but you, you can't do that in a cage. Like you, I think, I think it's literally like an extra penalty if you try to fight with a cage. So um, 
yeah, some some extenuating circumstances there too on the Bruins side. But I will say, as it pertains to Jeremy Swayman, I think I understand, and, and we we've talked about it at nauseum, and I'm sure we'll do it again at some point. But I get right now for the Bruins, it's it's Allmark and it's Swayman and it's Bonnie and Clyde, and they're they're, they're the partnership right now. But I do think, obviously, Jeremy Swayman is the goalie of the future for the Bruins. He's the goalie of the present with Allmark, but he's certainly the goalie of the future. And I just, I just love his his character. I, I think he he exudes confidence he has since he came up to Boston, um, and he just he owns the net like he's playing like one of the best goalies in the world. He probably is legitimately one of the best goalies in the world. And of course, like you mentioned, he just like he's just throwing down the gauntlet yesterday, just staring across the ice. Uh, challenging Montreal's goalie, you know, kind of engaging Gallagher in the first place. Like Swayman knew what he was doing. Like it wasn't Gallagher wasn't totally, you know, in the wrong there. Like Swayman was playing tummy sticks with him too a little bit. And then, you know, you just watch Gallagher get in Swayman's face and Swayman's just like acting like he's not even there, just staring straight through him still at, at Montembeau. So um, I just think that obviously Boston fell in love with Tim Thomas. Tuka Rask was very polarizing, has the best – statistics in in the franchise's history but people didn't necessarily love his demeanor or some of the big game moments that he may have faltered in but i just see boston falling in love with swayman both between the pipes statistically and and his personality now if he ever has some severe struggles for a long period of time i'm sure boston fans will forget how much they love him right now but i just think he's i just think he's an awesome um personality and a, and a great player obviously he comes up in my circles all the time because I'm around the college hockey game a lot. And a lot of the times he'll come up in my broadcast because if we're talking about how good Victor Osman's doing at Maine this year uh, as their netminder, it's like, okay, we're ta- we're making comparisons to Jeremy Swayman. Like he comes up a lot. He's liked in New England. He was liked since he was a college player. Um, he has a very likable personality. So that all helps him. And then when you see him just fully leaning in, to wanting to have that intensity and that rivalry against the Canadians and just in general, the intensity that he brings, he's somebody that fans trust to always give it his all and have the right attitude. So um, just a combination of a lot of things for him that has, have made him a a crowd favorite for sure. Um, Did you have, did you guys have anything else you wanted to say about Swayman or the rivalry? eBay motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Uh, well... First off, yeah, how about the main Black Bears officially back this season? Um, yeah, might, I had it. I had it really 
interesting conversation about Jim Montgomery actually the other day because Jim Montgomery was the captain of the team when Maine won the national title. And so uh, one of the broadcasters I was talking to from Northeastern, who's been around for a long time and was around for that that team, uh, said that Jim Montgomery played the entire third period in the national championship game. <laughs> like he said, that's probably the most time on ice I've ever seen from any college hockey player and he was saying Jim Montgomery used to get so much ice time up at Maine so him and Swayman have that connection too yeah you I think you, you can watch like that third period because I think he had a hat trick in the third period of the national title game you, you can watch like there's a lot of highlights of that Maine team on YouTube and it's just fun to watch them like him and Paul Korea it's crazy but anyways um yeah on on Swayman like Brian, that's a good point too about how like he can kind of win the without even really trying to, but just because of who he is, like win the the PR war and like win over fans. Because you know, I know you brought this up in the spring, and certainly other people did, but like sometimes the way Allmark talks after a game, like or like especially after a loss, it does give off some of those Tuca vibes of like how much does he like he doesn't really seem bothered, and it's like. Sometimes you kind of want a goalie to seem bothered. And Swayman, I think, does. Like, like he, when he loses, even last night in overtime, it's like, this is unacceptable. And, you know, we want to get two points every night. And, you know, to me personally, like, I don't really care about that. I just, just think goalies are weird. And sometimes they say and say weird things and act weirdly. But um, I do definitely think, like, Boston fans, you know, fall more for – Swayman's approach when it comes to something like that. And, uh, you know, th- this was the first game of the season that Swayman's given up more than two goals. And I would say two of them, certainly not his fault. One's, uh, a def- you know, a screen that he had no chance of seeing. The one in overtime is a defensive breakdown and scramble and the puck pops out and it's just desperation time at that point. Maybe the Gallagher goal, he, you know, should have had better rebound control, but I don't know if he totally saw that one either. He, he said after the game, he thought it was stoppable. So I'll take his word for it. But um, that, I mean, there was certainly a screen on that one as well. So. Yeah. I, I just, I just think Swayman is such a gamer. And I remember last year thinking that in defeat in game seven, because um, obviously all Mark got the start in the first six games of the series Right, I'm not wrong about that. It's been a little bit, but right. Yeah, Swayman yes. only played like five minutes when he came into one of the games. I think it was like game five or something. Um, okay. But yeah, Swayman only got to start in game seven, and he's mentions this like very often. He he brings it up. And he's like, I never want to be in the net for a game seven loss ever again. It's never <laughs> going to happen again. Well, in, reason- well, just to jump in there, he also said the same thing after Carolina the year before. So. You know, two two years in a row, he he said it. So, but like to to analyze the personality difference because we actually get to see it. Um, I think Allmark just has no ability to turn off his sarcasm. Like he is sarcastic a hundred percent of the time, and it just doesn't come across the same in a post game interview when you're when you lost, especially in the playoffs. So it's like there's a time and a place for it, but I'm not sure he necessarily has an off switch on the sarcasm. So then you get those kind of like dismissive nonchalant answers that drive fans crazy. Um, and that's just a result of his just yeah. overall personality, I think is very different. Well, I, I just remember last year, like 
after the game five loss with the mishap between Grizzly behind the net, somebody somebody asked him like how he was feeling, whatever, and he's just like, "Fine, thank you." Like, 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 like he didn't know why they were asking, and and he was he's trying to give off this this perception that like he's unfazed regardless, but it's like, well. I'll, Obviously, you're pissed. You're just trying to play a game with the media. And, I don't but, think he was. That's what I've, I've actually thought back to that comment a lot, uh, like ever since it happened. And I, I honestly like it's come to I've come to kind of like think maybe it's less that he was trying to be a pain in the ass and give like a, an annoying answer and more that he just thinks it's funny. I don't I, know. Like, I, don't know how you, I don't know how you're making jokes in that moment. That it's like. Yeah, I'm just gonna like make a joke and move on. Like yeah. some people every time they're uncomfortable, they make a joke. That's a great time to make a yeah. joke. I mean, I I didn't really think that. Like I I think he I think he's just legitimately not bothered. Like I think in his mind it's that happened. There's nothing I can do about it. Like I'm I'm moving on and so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna dwell on it in my post-game interview. I'm not gonna start throwing things around. Like that. Yeah, I but just there's also a way to go, there's also a way to say. I don't, I, it's, I want to put it behind me. Like it, there's rather than fine. Thanks. And yeah, smile. Like, you know, yeah. I mean? there's a difference between the tone. I mean, if you, if you think that he wasn't driving home that night, you know, wanting to, you know, drive through a brick wall, he was obviously fuming, but he didn't, you know, but regardless the, um, all, all I wanted in that moment was, yeah, I, I made a mistake and, and, you know, we'll be better, but he just kind of like didn't even acknowledge it. But the reason I brought it up in the first place wasn't for the all mark reaction. It was because in that game seven, it was a very difficult moment for 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 Jeremy Swayman to, to come into a series first game starting game seven, and yeah, the Bruins went down two to nothing. But I don't know if you guys remember, and obviously you do because you were there. But that was probably some of the worst forty minutes of hockey I've seen the Bruins play in in years, 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 years. They couldn't make a pass. The reason that the game wasn't six nothing after two was because of Jeremy Swayman. So he's just a gamer. I think he's an awesome player and um, he just kind of helped play a role in, in igniting any sort of 2023 Bruins Canadians rivalry spark. By the way, on Swayman, we didn't touch on this in the last pod, but I think it was after it was after one of the Bruins recent games. And I was watching one of the late games on ESPN plus and Kevin weeks between periods said that if he was the Oilers, Jeremy Swayman would be the apple of his eye. So he's trying to push this, like, you know, obviously Butcher Gross started the the Allmark thing. And now Kevin Weeks is, in my mind, like aiming even higher and thinks they should go off to Swayman, to which, to which I would say, good luck. Like, I don't, I can't imagine you going far with the Bruins on that unless, unless you're putting Leon Dreisaitl on the table in, I don't, I'm not going to say one for one because it would take more than that from the Bruins end. But like much closer to like you can take Patra and the first round pick off the table if that's what you're talking about. Not to sidetrack against a whole other big trade discussion, but I did I did I just did think it in it was interesting to hear Kevin Weeks say that on you know a national broadcast. He's trying to will it into existence <laughs> um, for for the Oilers who now have a new head coach. So uh, that's how bad the season has started out for them.